feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Tonight, there are a variety of protests that are taking place, a number of them taking place outside of D.A. Alvin Bragg's office in New York. Welcome to the Rita Cosby Show. What are your thoughts as we are hearing more details about, obviously, the very sad death of this guy who was on the subway, who had a history of mental illness, but... Now, all eyes are on the Marine veteran, and he was the guy who took him down in a chokehold because the guy was shouting at people. He was throwing garbage at people. He was making all these comments. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to what you think should happen to the Marine veteran. Do you think there should be charges, or do you think he should be let go He's not behind bars. I mean, let go in terms of no charges. But do you think indeed that that is where it should head? Should he get charged? Should he not get charged? 1-800-848-9222. And to me, it is obviously a really sad case. You have this guy, Jordan Neely. Again, he has a history of mental illness. He has 44 prior records. I mean, obviously, uh, somebody who has had a very troubled past. There's also word that there was an outstanding warrant, basically, uh, tied to assault. He apparently had been belligerent and maybe also tied to an assault with officers. There were a variety of things in his background. There's no doubt about that. And then he gets onto the subway train. It is a busy train. Any train is in New York City. And it's 2.30 in the afternoon, and he starts basically shouting and screaming at people, throwing things at them, throwing garbage at them, and then threatening them. That's the climate that this happened in. And then the Marine veteran, you see it on the video, he takes him down. There are also two other people, it looks like, were helping the Marine veteran, because it looks like when the Marine veteran was trying to take him down, that he was still flailing, and he was still fighting it. Um, and I don't know. We don't know if he was on any medication or not. Maybe he was high on something at the time. We're not sure. We don't know. Um, but if you see it, it's a dramatic scene. If you have been on the subway in New York, as I have been, and I'm sure many of you have been, and New York is obviously very much crime ridden. It always is, but particularly right now. And think about also on Los Angeles, if you're on the subway. Other cities that have major subways, uh, a lot of them are not pretty sites. And New York City in particular is a very dangerous, dangerous place. And there have been cases not that long ago, remember, where another mentally ill guy got on the subway and put off like an explosive and then started opening fire on people, injuring, I think it was like 10 people. Thank goodness nobody died in that case, but they were injured. And the guy fled away then on the subway, And ultimately, thank goodness, was caught. 
But when you're seeing these patterns happening over and over again, where there are cases of a mentally ill person, I cannot think of a time that I have been on the New York subway where there hasn't been a mentally ill person who has been shouting and threatening to somebody. I honestly can't think of it. There has always been a time, at least in recent times, where there's someone who's just shouting, they're belligerent, and it's downright scary. And as a woman, it's really scary. You're on the subway, and you don't know if somebody, no matter whatever their size is, um, that if they're suddenly going to snap. Just because they're throwing garbage at you now and shouting some obscenity now, who's to say they may not have a weapon? that they might try try to physically attack you even with their fist. I mean, there are so many things that go through your mind, and it's because these instances are happening over and over again. And yes, there are cameras on the subways, and yes, there are some cops on the subways, but there's not enough. And in that split second where somebody just suddenly snaps, you don't have time to react often. It's often too late. And we've done so many stories where it has often been too late. And what are people on the subway supposed to do tonight? A lot of people are criticizing the Marine veteran. And many people are wondering, will he be charged? And there are people demanding that he be charged. But I think it's important to understand the climate of what it's like and how scary it is to be on the New York City subway and how dangerous it is and how often there are crimes that happen because of people who have mental illness. We want to help those people. Absolutely. We want to make sure that the state and also their family and other people speak up and try to do something to help them. But it's also not fair if they endanger others. We have to find a solution. And that's where I come from on this matter. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. First off, here is a little bit of people protesting not too long ago over the death of Jordan Neely. That is the homeless man who was in the chokehold. And there they were shouting at police officers, screaming back and forth, and things are getting really emotional. I want to hear your thoughts as to what you think should happen and your thoughts about this Marine veteran who, by at least everybody's account who was on the train that I have seen so far, they all essentially say nobody on the train was trying to kill the guy. They didn't even expect that he had died. They just thought he had passed out because he was flailing and resisting the guy so much. And obviously a lot of people were scared by what they saw on the train. Now, take a listen to what Alec, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said. This is really riling up. And this, to me, is just shameful. I mean, this is just terrible. Here's her quote. This honestly feels like a new low, not being able to clearly condemn a public murder because the victim was of social status some would deem too low to care about. Uh, Are you kidding me? Saying it's a public murder and that it was because the victim was of social status that some would deem too low to care about? I I don't think that that's the case at all. Do you? That is stunning. And earlier today on Cats and Cosby, uh, the great show that I host with John Katzmatidis at 5 p.m. on WABC Radio, uh, 
This is what former New York Senator Al D'Amato told us about AOC's statement. Wait till the people who are there who can testify, who can say that they were frightened, etc., that he was acting irrational, and, and that this young man, former Marine, who comes there, who takes him down, all right, and holds him down there, and did he know he was going to have to hold him for 15 minutes? I'm sure he didn't. Did he know that he was struggling to breathe? I'm sure he didn't. This wasn't a case where this homeless guy is sitting there doing nothing. This was the OC making this ridiculous, crazy remarks because she's nothing but a left-wing kook. Wow. Al D'Amato was absolutely fired up. And I want to play, actually, Cut 13. Here's a little bit more from Al D'Amato earlier today talking to us. So he has over 40 arrests. There's a warrant out for him. We know that he's deranged. He was acting in a deranged manner. People have already indicated that. This, this fellow, this wasn't just some poor guy who's sitting there mumbling to himself. And, and, and he made all kinds of wild statements, it sense. Uh, he had the subway writers uh, absolutely terrified. And so this Marine takes him down with a chokehold. He holds him there. It takes the police 15 minutes to, to get there. And, and, and why did it take them 15 minutes? Where are they? Shouldn't they be in close proximity to the subway? So when you have something like this, you can get down there in four, five, six minutes, 15 minutes, okay? And he doesn't recover. And now you're going to try to charge this Marine with murder? And he could potentially get charged with murder. Remember, by the way, this is the same district attorney's office that charged Jose Alba. That's the bodega worker. And he got charged with second degree murder. Remember that? I mean, that was stunning. That was the guy defending himself. Even though who was it called last night? Russ, who was like, he wasn't defending himself. He was assaulting. Russ needs to open his eyes and open his ears and look at that video from the Jose Alba case. That was unbelievable. And now we have tonight AOC coming out and talking about fueling the flames when emotions are already running high, basically calling it a public murder. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to, let's go to Will, line two. Will, your thoughts? Hey, Rita. Uh, I was thinking about that. I've been on a train before with, uh, it's like, being around crazed, mentally ill people. And uh, just, I think that Marine is a hero. He said, you don't know what kind of weapon this person's carrying, what they're going to do. And uh, I think he was trying to restrain him. And the guy just went completely bananas and he couldn't even control him. And, you know, this is what happens when people are uh, released from these mental institutions. And I was thinking this afternoon about the perspective of, like, why can't they, you know, round these people up that are a threat to society and place them in Rikers because there's room and vacancy for them over there to just kind of restrict them from the from the public and causing all these problems. And that, that you know, and what Aldo said, I totally agree because of the perspective.
perspective of there was a lot of witnesses there. And when you're on the train and you know it as much as I do, I've been slapped across the face. Like, you know, you're sitting there and all of a sudden this comes out of from nowhere. And like, what do you do? You know, it's this deranged woman that's in her 60s and she could have had a weapon or something. So um, I think that, you know, this is all a smoke screen for those uh, hucksters like uh, Al Sharpton. And they're going to try to, you know, extort money out of this. And it's really pathetic. And I totally support this Marine and what and what he you know, what he did. And uh, these people, this liberal media is going to try to vilify him. Oh, yeah. By the way, they are definitely vilifying him. And, you know, your point, Will, is interesting because I actually saw a commentator earlier today on one of the other like one of the other networks on a liberal network uh, basically saying um, it was something to the effect of, well, a Marine uh, knows better. Um, You know, they're trained to kill. So we shouldn't have basically even tried to stop it. You know, it's like and then other people are talking also um, on a sad note about this other guy's history. You know, he had a troubled life. There's no question about it. But uh, does that give him the right to threaten others and our others, to your point, um, just supposed to sit there and take it? And then maybe it's too late. You know, imagine what if the Marine didn't do anything? You know, and what if the guy like pulled out a knife and then tried to do something to somebody and he didn't stop it? You know, you don't always have the chance to stop something if it happens so quickly, especially if somebody is acting so erratically. So there are so many things here. And I think, though, there may be a chance that this guy may get charged uh, just because it's Alvin Bragg's D.A. office. And right now, just as you said, there is so much politics. I don't think it's the right decision. But I think there are clearly so many politics involved. And you've got AOC and others fueling the flames. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ayanna Presley, Congresswoman from Massachusetts, is saying the death of the guy who died after being held in a chokehold. By the way, the medical examiner did determine he said it was a homicide from neck compression. Um, Ayanna Presley is coming out and playing the race card, saying it was basically a modern day lynching. She used the word lynching. And also, Here is also Manhattan Borough President Mark Levine talking earlier, basically saying that this guy should have gotten helped and also sympathizing with him. Take a listen. We know that our system has failed and continues to fail many people in a circumstance similar to Mr. Healy. And by the way, in the middle of all this, there are also comments coming from how about Congressman Jamal Bowman? This is what he said. Black men seem to always be choked to death. Jordan Neely, that is the guy who was on the subway with the mental illness, who was threatening other people, did not have to die. It's as simple as that. Yet we have another black man publicly executed. Again, from Congressman Jamal Bowman. That is a stunning 
comment. And to his credit, Eric Adams was has been very measured about it. I mean, he basically says, let this play out. Let's see where this goes. Everybody, don't rush to judgment. That's actually, I think, a very smart answer, saying, let's just sit back. Don't get so highly charged. And yet you've got the AOCs saying it's murder. You've got also Jamal Bowman making these statements. You've got Ayanna Presley. This is really a tinderbox. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ben on line three. Ben, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita. Um, like I said, like I say all the time, thank um, your call screener for taking my call. I get on just about 100% of the time. But I was saying that um, just like uh, Mayor Adams, I say let um, uh, Lady, Lady Justice, who's blind, uh, do her job. Also, um, when you asked about the thing yesterday, I said, yeah, you know, as a Marine myself, and, you know, he's, he, he, he stepped in. And, but then later I was listening to um, the show that's uh, on after you, Dominic Carter. He, he gave a different perspective about what, what had happened. He said that um, uh, he gave a, a different view that made me say, oh, man, you know, maybe I rushed to judgment. And, you know, I say let it let it um, uh, play out. I think um, he should probably be charged with a minor, not intentional homicide, the lowest possible thing. But, you know, if. Uh, but by the way, the, by the uh, way, Ben, like a like a manslaughter, though, is still serious time. Um, and by the way, I have heard uh, Dominic make um, some comments on it, too. And he has a great perspective. Um, and everybody has different opinions. And, and I thought he made some really, really great and powerful comments, too. And I think I think it should just be clearly looked into. Maybe there's other videotape out there. We've seen the one videotape clearly online. Um, and also, I think the passengers on the train, uh, if they can locate those other individuals, which some of them have spoken out, I think you get their testimony. I think it's worthwhile to find out Um, you know, were there any drugs in anybody's system, I think would be a fair question. Um, but you can bet that a lot of the things will come into play. If indeed it does get to charges, they will go into the background of this Marine. They will also go into the background of Jordan Neely. Uh, we do know that Jordan Neely has 44 priors and he was out there also, um, on parole. There was also an warrant out for him. So there was a lot of things there. Um, And also, so far, you know, I've heard people say that the Marine did not expect to have killed him, that he was basically holding him down. So intent plays a long way in this, too. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Baltimore, Maryland, where police officers stripped off their gear and they dove into the water near Harbor Hospital in South Baltimore to save a distressed woman this week. The woman was experiencing a behavioral emergency. And when officers arrived, they observed a woman jumping into the water, at which point they immediately jumped in and were able to rescue her and then transported her to a nearby hospital for further evaluation. The officers dove into unpredictable waters of that area, the official said, went into the water and out of sight of the other officers. 
and were able to finally pull her to safety, putting their own lives at risk. Uh, And a great, great story of them risking all to help her. And amazingly, she was taken to the hospital and is said to be doing okay. A very, very important story and a great example of why we always love backing our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about the case on the subway where 30-year-old Jordan Neely is the man who lost his life after being restrained by other passengers during clearly a mental breakdown on the New York City subway. He was yelling, threatening passengers, throwing garbage at them, and a 24-year-old Marine veteran stepped in, put him in a chokehold, and two other passengers also helped restrain Neely by holding down his arms and pinning down his shoulders. And then Neely, uh, during the next couple stops, they were able to get somebody from EMS on board, and they came on, and he was not breathing at the time, and died, was declared dead soon afterwards. It is a terrible, sad story. And this guy's life, by the way, obviously has been difficult. There's no doubt about it. If you hear the background of this guy, uh, he apparently became, quote, a complete mess after his mother was brutally murdered by his stepfather. What a horrible story. And apparently he sank into a very deep depression after that happened in 2007. He was not properly treated, friends and family say, uh, for his mental illness and obviously was in and out of the judicial system and apparently kept coming in and out. And at the time of this latest incident, uh, he had a warrant out for his arrest in November 2021, where he was accused of assaulting a 61-year-old woman in the East Village. So he had a history of violence, and at the time of this attack, remember, he was throwing garbage, shouting at people, threatening them, and now we know that this Marine who stepped in The people are looking at him, the DA's office, saying, should there be charges against him? And many of our people are saying, absolutely, especially the likes of AOC and others. AOC has come out and said, it is basically murder. She's saying, it is murder, and Ayanna Presley calling it a lynching. Jamal Bowman talking about too many black men being killed. Um, There are way too much rhetoric out there by these left-of-the-left politicians. And Eric Adams in the middle of it all is saying, let's sit back. Let's look at everything on a case-by-case basis. Bravo to him for being controlled and measured at a time where emotions are running high. And here is Governor Kathy Hochul, who threw her opinions into the pot a little bit ago, talking about Neely. You are homeless on our subways, many of them in the throes of mental health episodes, and that's what I believe are some of the factors involved here. And here is a little bit more of what she said. She felt that the response by the Marine was not proportionate to the threat. Three individuals holding him down until the last breath was snuffed out of him, I would say was a very extreme response. So do you believe it was an extreme response Or do you think he was just helping everybody on the subway? I can tell you as someone who's ridden the subway, it is scary as heck. By the way, New York Governor Kathy Ockel also saying that the homeless man was, quote, killed for being a passenger. Killed for being a passenger. 
leaving out the fact that he was obviously threatening other people. That is a highly political statement and does not look like it's based on the facts. Here is Dagan McDowell on Fox News earlier today talking about people like this guy who are on the subway every single day. I live in New York City. And these are dangerously mentally ill people who you encounter in broad daylight on the street. Every weekend, I have to run away from these individuals. You have to cross the street and dodge them because they will attack you unprovoked for no reason. But sitting in a subway car, you are doing this, looking down. Do you move? You are trapped. But what has happened, there's been a breakdown in the rule of law for the last three years. It has been a just free-for-all. The first duty of government is to protect the people. The people in New York State and New York City do not do that. So there has been a rise in vigilantism. And this is what happens because people are not protected. People are not protected. And you can't have a cop on every single car, on every single subway train. Because basically, it is almost that pervasive that you would need that. And that's how bad it is. And some of these officials, uh, I call that a nicely because, boy, uh, they're extreme activists. They, when was the last time? I'd love to know when was the last time they were on a subway. And did they feel safe? Um, you know, I mean, I can tell you as a woman, I do not feel safe on the subway, on the New York City subway. I haven't ridden it in a long time because I have met every single nut job on the subway. And it's scary. And it's scary. And I have friends, you know, many of my male friends feel the exact same way. It is just so dangerous and it's so scary. And I have to ask Jamal Bowman, would he let his wife go there? Would he let, I don't know if he has a daughter, but if he had a daughter, would he let her go on the subway? I, I bet you the answer is probably no. You know, or if the person was threatening their daughter or their wife or their friend, uh, you know, would they feel okay that the person continued till maybe he attacked them physically by punching them or stabbing them? I think any reasonable person would say no. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Philly, line three. Robert, your thoughts. Hey, Rita. How you doing? It's nice to talk to you. You too. Uh, before, before I go off on a like a 20-second stern but family-friendly rant, okay, I wanted to try to like you know the human side if i'm there and i'm predisposed to get involved in something like that and i have two friends and i have the guts to do that i would also have the guts to say yo man here's 20 get yourself something to eat and drink we care about you out here get help maybe it would have been a totally different thing i'm not being naive i rode the subways down in philly for a long time I know how it can be, but I also found through experience that sometimes when you reach out, that changes everything. And and by the the way, Robert, you know, it might have worked. And the two people who were holding him down, I don't know, um, in addition to the guy on the chokehold, I don't know if they were just fellow passengers. They may not have been his friends. There just were two other individuals who were on the train. I'm not sure um, if they were his friends. So they may have been two other strangers who were also equally concerned and saw the guy getting out of hand. Uh, the reason I say I'm not sure in this case, um, one, you're right. Boy, it would be nice if that were the solution. You know, obviously that that would be a good thing. And maybe it might have worked in this case. 
Uh, there are other times, and you can bet when he was being pulled down, remember he was still flailing and fighting him, which is why apparently they had to have the other two guys felt they had to step in to stop him because the chokehold at first wasn't really working alone. Um, so if you, that's based on what people have been seeing and saying, and, and you can see it in the video. So if that's the case, um, I don't know if this kind of person would have been stopped by a $20 bill. He seems like he was so highly charged. And we don't know if he was on drugs or some medication. The scary thing is, if you do that sometimes, what if the person turned on him? You know, I don't necessarily advise people to go and talk to somebody, even if the person, you know, is, is smaller than, you know, than the Marine or vice versa, whatever the case is. Sometimes if you're high on drugs, uh, you know, you're like a superhuman and even somebody just saying something to you makes you snap, you know. So it's a little scary to say to somebody, hey, go over and talk to them. You know, there, there's a councilwoman in New York, Robert. Her name is Tiffany Caban. And she says, if you see somebody mentally disturbed, you should talk to them and say, hey, um, did I go to high school with you? Uh, how you doing? And that's the last thing you want to, like, teach people to do because then suddenly the person turns on you, uh, especially if you're a woman. And even if you're a guy, you know, I mean, these people don't seem to care. They don't seem to care if you're a police officer. They turn on police officers. How about the guy the other day was walking down the street? Remember the crazy guy who was walking down the street the other day? And there was the female cop standing there with the other cops. And he goes over and cracks a glass bottle on her head. I mean, he was targeting a cop. These people are mentally disturbed. They don't care. So I get nervous about asking people to or suggesting even to people to have any interaction with them. I advise people you walk as far away as you can because you don't want to be in the, in their sights. And you don't even know if, uh, you know, you can think you're a tough guy, but then suddenly somebody has a weapon on them and turns it on you uh, just because you were trying to be nice. I mean, that that's a hard decision. Don't you agree, Robert? No, what I was saying is I wouldn't suggest people do that. All I'm saying is, is if I got the balls to grab somebody like that, then I got the balls to offer them twenty dollars first. That's all I'm saying. No, but you're saying what ask- I'm saying. No, no, no. I don't think you understand me. What I'm saying is, the minute you offer dollars, you have interaction with him. The guy came from behind, which is why he had the element. It looks like of surprise to take him down. You know, who knows if the guy saw him trying to take him down. I'm saying if you're doing even something nice sometimes to these people or offering them money, then suddenly they turn on you because you're the next person in their sights, even if you're doing a nice gesture. It's a good thing as a thought. And believe me, I wish it could be that simple. And if that was the way to do it, I'd pay them all 20 bucks to, to, to make the problem go away. But the point is, sometimes by doing something nice, there have been cases where people have given somebody money and the next thing they know, they get stabbed because the person just flipped, you know, even though the person was doing a nice gesture. So I, I what I'm saying is that could have put you in danger, Robert. You realize that? Oh, I'm not saying that I would have done it. All I'm saying is, is if you have the temerity to attack somebody, not attack, but physically engage somebody like that, then... You should have the temerity to try another tack. That's all I'm saying. If Man, anybody who sat there and did nothing, I don't blame you, okay? I'm not saying everybody should try to be kumbaya. Yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. I I get nervous about advocating for someone to have interaction, and that's what this Tiffany Caban woman was suggesting. You know, when you see somebody, talk to them, do this. I mean, I don't think... That's a good principle in general. But but I hear what you're saying. And believe me, um, you know, I think it's very sad that this guy lost his life. Um, I think it's heartbreaking. And you hear his history. 
it's, you know, my heart breaks for him when you hear what happened, obviously, to his mother by his stepfather. I mean, it's just a horrible story. Um, and apparently she was strangled and stuffed in a suitcase when he was 14, and he has not been the same since. I, I can't imagine how it would not affect you deeply and disturb you. On the other hand, it's not fair to attack everybody else on the subway because of what happened to you. He deserved to get help. Uh, he deserved, whether it was the family that needed to get him help or the state, other people needed to definitely help this person. There's no doubt. And my heart breaks for him. Uh, I just, it scares me. This is a guy who had a warrant out for attacking a 67-year-old woman. So, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh, let's talk to him now in hindsight. Um, I just get nervous about advocating anything. But but believe me, I, I, your intent about something being peaceful in the end, boy, would that have been a nice you know, a nice finish, but it, it may be a fairy tale given the way the New York City subways are of late. Um, let's go to let's go to Al. Al, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. You know, I heard you today on the uh, Cats and Cosby. I just want to say it's a great show. I mean, you had a great uh, lineup today with Governor Patterson and Senator Damato. Thank you, thank you. Great. They we always have great guests. I appreciate yeah. it. And you know what? We have all sides too. I thought I what I love is. You know, and that's what I believe in on this show, too. I believe in hearing from everybody because, you know, it's important that we all express views. And, and you know, it, it's not a uh, Republican-Democrat issue. It's an American issue. It's a keep. It's a law and order, keep our city safe yes. and do the best for everybody issue. Yeah, I just wanted to say quickly because I know I wanted to say in regards to the case, uh, you know, it, it's it's to me it's uh, – you know, it's so unfortunate that this uh, individual lost his life. Yes. It's a terrible thing to uh, to leave this world where you can't breathe in a, in a chokehold like that. Absolutely. And uh, the Marine, uh, I hope he's not charged because I, I think he was trying to do what was right. And he didn't know that uh, using so much force would cause somebody to, to uh, lose his life. So who I blame for this whole – and what I do think uh, the DA has a responsibility to do is to impanel a grand jury and see what the grand jury says if they think that an indictment should come down. I firmly believe that's the the right way to do this. That's a great idea, Al. By the way, that is a really superb idea because I think if you put it before individuals – and I'd love it to be people who've written on the subway too – you know, because you have to get into the mindset of what's going on at the time. And I do believe intent plays a major role. And any attorney will basically say that as well as was there an intent. Um, it could also depend on the level of charges. But I think if you went there before the grand jury and the guy went there, and as far as we have seen, other passengers says he wasn't his plan wasn't to kill the guy. His plan was to subdue him from harassing and threatening and potentially hurting um, the other passengers. So, you know, I think that that's actually a really smart idea. Like, have them hear the case, have them hear all the layers, and then let's see what they have to say. Um, and put themselves in that situation. What would they do when we know all the facts? Um, so far, um, you know, I don't see anything that shows his intent was to kill the guy. It was just to take him out. And there, the fact that politicians so quickly are saying it's murder I think that's really dangerous. That is inflaming people and emotions are running high. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show.
And we are talking about the fact that this guy who died after he was put in a chokehold on the subway, well, he had a long history of mental illness. And listen to what Jesse Waters on Fox News had to say about part of where the blame lies. AOC famously said she didn't want any police in the subway. If a policeman had been in that subway car, this would not have happened. I blame this guy's father, who's not in the picture. The mother is passed away. The city says they care so much about mental health, and they let mentally ill people wander the streets threatening people. He's been arrested 40 times and had a warrant out. How many judges let this guy skate? And many did. And by the way, again, that warrant out for his arrest was tied to 2021 case where he was accused of assaulting a 67-year-old woman in the East Village of New York. Uh, So he had a history of violence. It wasn't just like, uh, and there was also cases where he was harassing officers. So it seemed like nothing was off limits in terms of individuals. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Diane on line eight. Diane, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I'll tell you what. I was getting hot under the collar listening to all the comments, and Jesse Waters just erased them all. People say to me, you're not from the South. And I say, yes, I am. I'm from South New York. <laughs> so so what no... do you think happened, Diane? What do you, what do you think? Do you think the Marine should be charged or not? No, I think he should be given accommodation. You know who I think should be charged? Eric Adams. Okay, he said he was going to make sure what happened wasn't going to happen. Although, although in this case, although, hang on one second, Diana, in in defense of Eric Adams, I will say on this case, he has come out and he's actually been very measured. Um, In fact, let me let me play a comment. This is cut number one. This is Eric Adams talking earlier today. Take a listen. Question of vigilantism. Mm -hmm. What do what do passengers do in situations appropriate to take matters into your own hands? Uh, each situation is different. And how a passenger, uh, we have so many cases where passengers assist of, of the riders, uh, and we don't know exactly what happened here until the investigation is thorough. And each situation is different. I was a former transit police officer, and I responded to many jobs where you had a passenger assisted someone. And so we cannot just blankly say, blankly say what a passenger should or should not do in a situation like that. We should allow the investigation to take its course. So there is more measure. Believe me, there are people out there. AOC is calling it a murder, Diane. I mean, it is amazing. Uh, why do you think the Marine deserves a medal? He, all right, let me go back to what you were just broadcasting. Yeah, let me just ask Eric you, though, Diane. Why, hang on one is, second, Diane. Why, let me just ask you about the medal. Animal. What about the medal? Why do you think the Marine deserves I a medal? He should be given accommodation. I am a retired veteran. We take off our uniform, but we never give up our oath. That man protected how many people on that subway that day. Well, and you know what, Diane? Diane, I understand your point because I believe that, you know, you never know when someone's going to snap. And that's why I understand why he was trying to protect people, Um, you know, God forbid uh, the homeless guy next was going to assault somebody like he did uh, in this case of the 67-year-old woman. I mean, he's had a history of assault in his background. 
So who's to say uh, he wasn't planning on smacking somebody or hitting somebody or worse? Um, it's really, really scary. And so I do think the Marine, based on what we've seen, went in with the intent to protect just like you did. And by the way, uh, Diane, thank you for your great service to this country. We're going to continue your calls, everybody. There are people saying it is murder. There's others who say he deserves a medal. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, by the way, some news coming in a little bit ago uh, that St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner has announced that she will step down from her position on June 1st. This comes after she faced massive criticism from Missouri lawmakers over the last few weeks and months, many of them frustrated with her soft on crime approach. Uh, She also highlights the fact that uh, the first black female prosecutor in the state uh, saying that she feels she has been targeted uh, all along. But others have said it was because she was soft on crime. There were a number of cases of late where individuals who committed crime were back out on the street and they did not believe that she was effective. Uh, But there was intense, intense Uh, pressure on her from others to try to step down. She was always saying she was never going to step down. But the word just coming in just now uh, that the St. Louis circuit attorney, basically uh, the DA there, if you will, essentially, Kim Gardner, uh, a Soros-backed DA, uh, has announced that she will step down from her position June 1st. And I bet many people in the city of St. Louis are breathing a sigh of relief tonight. I think about, of course, Chessa Boudin in San Francisco, remember, who was forced out uh, in a recall. Uh, Gascon was not forced out because there were problems with the signature and stuff in L.A. Uh, but so far, at least Chessa Boudin is out, who was soft on soft on crime. And Kim Gardner, who also had a lot of people criticizing her very soft approach to criminals, has now decided that she will, quote, resign. They were asking her to resign. She said, I'm not going anywhere. Then they were pushing to force her out. And in the last few hours, she has announced that she will leave on June 1st. Meantime, in New York, everybody is talking and there are now growing calls from many people uh, saying that the guy, the Marine veteran who took down the guy who was shouting and screaming on the subway train, the homeless guy, the 30-year-old Jordan Neely, with 44 priors, including a warrant out after he assaulted a 67-year-old woman in New York in 2021. Well, now there are people on the left side of the political aisle who are going saying it's a lynching because he was African-American and the Marine who put him in the chokehold was white. There are also people like AOC who says it's basically murder. Then you've also got Governor Kathy Hochul, who is saying, you know, he was basically killed for being a passenger. 
Uh, Eric Adams, I think, is taking a much more measured and appropriate approach. He is basically saying, let's see what happens. Let's have it looked into. Let's not jump to conclusions, everybody. But listen to what the New York City Comptroller had to say about this. He makes it sound like it's the Wild West if you do anything to somebody who's homeless and threatening you. New York City is not Gotham. You can't take the law into your own hands and choke someone to death who's having a mental health crisis. So I guess you're supposed to say, sir, um, I know you're threatening me, but you know what? Um, Let me talk to you. How have you been? How you doing? Uh, You don't think that that person's going to turn on you? We had somebody in the last hour who I thought actually had a good point that if you could talk to somebody and give them money or give them food, Obviously, that would be the alternative, but that's not realistic, I think, in 99.999% of the cases. I mean, it is just heartbreaking that people are homeless and have these mental issues. But it's also a shame on the system of New York that these people are not taken care of and locked up. So they're not just a harm to themselves because they're harm to others, too. There are so many layers to this. Listen to what former New York Congressman Peter King had to say a little bit ago. I would say from all the facts we know, they should not bring criminal charges against this uh, ex-Marine, former Marine. I mean, I'm just trying to uh, you know, uh, imagine what it was like. You have all the chaos, as Governor Patterson was talking about. You're in this confined subway car. You have a guy who's on the ground. He's wrestling. They're trying to hold him down. And, you know, if they didn't let him go at all, he could have a screwdriver. He could have a knife. He could have a gun. And he was, uh, he was resisting the whole time. Now, you know, and, uh, you know, being a Monday morning quarterback, he could say that they should have known the guy was going to die. Well, actually, most people don't die from chokeholds. This Marine was trained in that. I think he was trying to, uh, you know, submit the guy, just get him uh, where well, he, was, he was quiet and he, and he couldn't fight back. And listen, this all happens like, I mean, you know, the, you know it's split second, really. Uh, it's just so quick. And I think they said he, he stayed on like an extra 40, 50 seconds. I don't know all the details on that. I'm sure he was not aware that the guy was dead at that time. I don't think he had any intention. I think it was the adrenaline of making sure this guy doesn't get back up and start in again. And the guy also that he was taking down again had a lot of adrenaline. There were two other people who came in. It looks like other generic passengers, one holding his shoulders, one holding his arms, because he was flailing even after the Marine took him down. And indeed, the intent to protect other passengers. And it looks like he was still flailing for a long time even after that. And even passengers on the train, I have not seen anybody so far saying the intent was to kill this guy. The intent was to subdue him. And people on the train, most of them felt incredibly relieved because they were absolutely scared. Here is Greg Gutfeld describing how this moment equates to another moment in New York history. I rode the subway for years until it became unsafe. I've been in that situation. And and what everybody does is essentially try to mind their own business or get off the train. And then I luckily have never been in a situation where it gets that that violent. But this feels like a Bernie Getz moment where everybody goes, okay, we're hitting the bottom here. This is bad. This is bad. And people get really scared and have reason to be, if you look at the track record. And here's a little bit more of Greg Gutfeld talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who came out and said outright it's murder, that the guy, Marine, murdered him, that he basically, you know, because he's an African-American, that's what Ayanna Presley says. It's a lynching. You got Jamal Bowman talking about that. Uh, do you think race had anything to do with it? 
And do you think that this Marine actually intended to kill the guy? Uh, I don't believe either was the case. Here is Greg Gutfeld talking about that. I wonder, would would AOC or anybody on the squad or what's his name, Chris Hayes, anybody like that, would they actually step in, right? I have to wonder, would they actually, you know, would they see somebody being menaced by a violent felon? Would they actually try and intervene or would they decide not to share the risk and just step away because metaphorically that's what they've been doing for the last five years so they're disgusting wow so how do you feel guys about this uh one of our callers diane was saying this guy deserves a meritorious medal and yet we've got aoc who says the Marine should be charged with murder. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Unbelievably, I do think in Alvin Bragg's world, he may get charged with something. I foresee something coming from Alvin Bragg, and I foreseeing this just being, again, I use the word tinderbox, because there are so many emotions in this case, and there are so many issues in this case, And I don't have a lot of faith in Alvin Bragg's justice system. We've seen the way it works and who he seems to target and who he seems to give a pass to. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island, line seven. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. This kind of hits a note with me because about 25 years ago, I was on the train with my daughter. She was about 11 going out to Coney Island and Larry Davis uh, he was known, he was a boxer, and he would uh, terrorize the subway so the police know who he was and everything. And he was uh, exposing himself and came into the mm-hmm. call where my daughter was, and I wasn't having it. So I went at it with him. I had to use about six different things of martial arts that I'm training to, you know, to get this guy not to kill us. And I actually chased him out of the car. But, uh, you know, this could have happened. I could have I could have been in the same boat. But back then it wasn't. This is all racial. This is all racial. And my back of my mind, I'm hoping that this Marine has uh, family members that are African-American in his family that they can't say that he's prejudiced you know, about it because he was protecting people. He's a trained Marine and the Marines stick together. I'm glad it's a Marine and not another uh, section or anything because they'll stick together the Marines. But it's in the fire. Yes, Semprify. You know, you know, the one thing, too, I think I tend to think um, and I judge everybody, um, you know, all races, color, creeds. You know, I I mean, I I, uh, love and appreciate everybody. And I tend to think that if it was a crazy guy, I'm just as scared of a, an African-American guy or as a white guy or anybody. If, if somebody's acting kooky, um, a woman, you know, I mean, you know, I was on a train one time and there was a woman who was on there. Um, she was a, a small uh, Caucasian woman. And I, it was one of the scariest moments I've ever had on the train because she was screaming at everybody and telling everybody she was going to kill him on the train. I mean, can you imagine? And and you could see guys there on the train. These big guys were like, oh, boy, this woman's going to snap, you know, and they were scared. I mean, because it, it is just crazy. So to me, you know, I, I think, you know, I always you always want the best of people. But if somebody's crazy, it doesn't matter what color of their skin they are. They're a crazy person. If somebody's a good person, then they're a good person. You know, we we obviously all want to work together and be together. Um, but I, I would hope that the Marine 
if he were going to take somebody down, that it wouldn't matter the color of their skin, that it would just be what their actions were. Don't you think, Pete? I do think that, but, you know, like the caller that called him, he had a good idea, give the guy $20, but that's not reality, not in New York. This is, you show weakness, you'll have, they'll tell the guy, give me, give me $500, if you could give me $20, you know, the guy meant well, but that don't work now. Maybe it worked 30 years ago. No, that, by the now. way, that's a great point. And also, there have been cases where people, I brought up the case of somebody who offered somebody money and he got stabbed. And then the case That's where people right. offered people money and then they got robbed because suddenly you open up your wallet to give somebody 10 or 20 bucks or five bucks or whatever you're giving them. And then suddenly they see the wallet and then they grab the wallet and run. I mean, and uh, obviously that would be a happier ending still, regardless than this man losing his life, unfortunately. Uh, but still, you know, you, you become open prey. And and the problem is the minute you turn your attention and they see you, their focus may be on something else. And the minute you turn your attention, even if it's a nice gesture, it opens the door. And, and boy, is it, it's just, how sad is it, Pete? Right now, New York, is, is it, it is so bad. And unless you've sort of ridden on a subway in New York or like New York, um, you know, it, it is frightening. You just say a prayer when you get off every time. That's right. I stay out of the subway with what's going on now. I'm, I'm older. I'm uh, 67 and got some good news on my wife. She got a good scan the uh, treatment, the cancer treatment's working well. So oh. I'm a very happy guy tonight. Well, you give your wife a huge hug from me and from all of our listeners. And uh, and also, if I need you, I'm going to bring you out for jujitsu. I heard you you sound like you're good at that. <laughs> Pete, thank you yeah, very much. Yeah, but I'm much. old now. I'm old now. Oh, no, you, you are feisty, my friend. And give your wife a big hug. How beautiful to hear that great news. Thank you so much, Pete. We love you. Thanks so much. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There are lots of protests over the death of this guy who had mental illness and was shouting and threatening and throwing garbage at other passengers on a subway train. Here's one of the protests a little bit ago. Take a listen. Well, emotions clearly running high. And here is Kelly McEnany. She was on Fox News earlier today, basically saying she has no faith in Alvin Bragg. That's the New York DA, of course, the guy who charged Donald Trump, but the one who seems to give a slap on the wrist to those who are committing violent crimes. In this country, we rely on the justice system to handle a sad situation like this, because it is sad. Um, We rely on having fair-minded people determine the results of a case. 
But in Alvin Bragg's New York City, I don't trust the district attorney to get to justice. This is someone who locked up a 61-year-old man, dad of three, bodega worker, who acted in lawful self-defense, and he put him in Rikers Island. I do not trust District Attorney Bragg to get mm. to the facts here, and that ultimately is very sad. Uh, when we don't have a justice system, we can rely on here in New York City. And that is sad. What are your thoughts tonight? There are some who say that the Marine deserves a medal. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says it is murder. And we know that the district attorney's office is trying to decide whether or not charges should come against the Marine. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Russ. Uh, Line 8. Hi, Russ. What are your thoughts? Hey, Rita. If I punched that Marine in the face and he let go of Jordan Neely and Jordan Neely lived, would I be a hero? If you punch the Marine... Yeah, and he released his single hold, and Jordan Neely survived and lived. Would I have been the hero? You know what? That it would depend on the circumstance. Obviously not. You know, and the reason no, I, I, think I I would no, I, you know, I, I actually disagree. I mean, obviously, we would like for I would hope everybody would like for this guy to be alive, the Jordan Neely. Um, and so I, I think your thoughts are right, but you don't have the right to go and punch somebody in the face um, who was trying to take down someone who was threatening others. You know, that's a different killing, circumstance. Who was killing someone. You know, when, when falsehoods are told, Gutfeld just called him a felon. That's a, that's a falsehood. O'Reilly said that Jose Alba, the guy came at Jose Alba with a knife today. Did you hear O'Reilly make that falsehood? So when people are making things up and saying falsehoods, I know there's something wrong but, going but on. But, Russ, hang on one second. Two things. First off, you think it would be okay if you went over and punched the guy in the face? So let me just take another scenario. What if he let go of Jordan Neely, you punched him in the face, and then Jordan Neely pulled out a shank and stabbed him and several other people on the train. Would you be a hero then? No, because someone else would pull out a grenade and blow everybody up, right? You could go on doing this rationalizing all Russ, night Russ, long. have you been I on mean, the absurd. New York City subway? I, I mean, Russ, you are living in fairy tale land. Obviously, listen, we would all love for this guy to be alive. And his story is heartbreaking. I talked about his story. I have a, actually, I have a lot of compassion for this guy. I have a lot of compassion for people who have mental illness. But I don't think it gives them a right to threaten and make people feel like maybe they're going to kill them at any second. He was throwing things and threatening them. And so far... And and by the way, Russ, if I had heard somebody saying that the Marine uh, clearly was intending to kill Jordan Neely, I would agree that that was blatant excessive force. But in this particular case, I'm not sure of that. And the reason I say that is I've seen other passengers' accounts, and this is a fact since you like to talk about facts, um, who say that nobody thought even the guy died, that they just thought he was subdued. And these were even passengers who seemed to express sympathy for the Jordan Neely guy. So, I mean, it's not like the Marine went in there planning to kill the guy. He was planning to protect the other passengers. So it seems by all accounts. By the way, we'll see. Maybe there's other information that comes out later. But just what I'm seeing now, it looks like he was trying to protect other people. You make it sound. You make it sound uh, like it's like the Caribbean, like you're on a five-star vacation. Have you been to a New York City subway lately, Russ? Because you know what? I've prayed like never before when I get off them. Go ahead, Russ, since you know all. 
Rita, how would you know that he intended? Would he have sent a text to his girlfriend? How would you know he intended to kill him or not? And one more thing. this guy. Was how did you know the guy wasn't going to kill other people on the subway or try to kill people? Try to. One more thing, Rita. This guy was pretending to be a UFC fighter. He wasn't being a Marine. He was showing off his skills in mixed martial arts. Oh, because you're an expert on UFC versus Marines now. You know what? This guy had a warrant out for his arrest for assaulting a 67-year-old woman. He has assault in his background. He had violent tendencies. Obviously, we don't want the guy killed. It was horrible. But throwing him to murder? This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a really beautiful story coming from Del Rio, Texas, where Veterans Administration nurses honor and pin veterans at this beautiful Texas event. It happened at the Home and Community-Based Care at South Texas VA as they celebrated Patient Experience Week for Del Rio veterans. And they said that this was an opportunity that many of them were senior in age and maybe couldn't come out to a different location. So the nurses brought the event to them. And when the nurses event announced the opportunity to honor their Vietnam service in front of their families and their community, the feedback was overwhelming. A number of them said that this touched them beyond anything they could ever imagine. Uh, one of them also was a gentleman um, who said he's Navy vener- veteran Armino Alcasa, and he was recognized and pinned by his nurse. How beautiful is that? And he said, Afterwards, that this was something so powerful for him that he had been in the Navy and sent on four 12-month tours. So think about how difficult and what he said uh, at the end. He said, my returning home was not so good. It was very, very difficult talking about the anti-war protests outside the airport when he landed coming home from Vietnam. He said he tried to take the protesters with a grain of salt, but you just Try to ignore them. I didn't like it. And, you know, everyone thinks differently, but it was so, so hard. And that's why here today to be recognized and appreciated and to see other veterans appreciated means the world to me. Also, one of the nurses, by the way, who pinned the uh, great honor on a dozen veterans said, based on the comments from my veterans, it gave the ceremony such a more specialized touch by giving their nurses the honor of pinning them. So how beautiful that was beautiful for the veterans, obviously beautiful for the nurses and how beautiful for the community to recognize our great Vietnam veterans to all of you out there. You know, we love you and appreciate you. Welcome home. And we must always honor your incredible service to this country and your family service, too, as well. Well, we are talking, of course, about the case of Jordan Neely. This is the man who had a history of mental illness, 44 priors, and died after he was held in a chokehold on the subway. It was an F train, 2.30 in the afternoon in New York. And now Mayor Eric Adams, despite a lot of very passionate And very, I think, over-the-top comments coming from so many politicians like AOC, who said it is murder. Well, Mayor Eric Adams said, 
Hold off, everybody. Let's look at the facts. Unlike Russ, who knows the difference between, uh, I guess, MMA and Marines, uh, here is Mayor Eric Adams saying, hold off, everybody. Let's just take a step back. I don't think that's very responsible at the time where we're still investigating the situation. We have so many cases where passengers assist of of the riders, uh, and we don't know exactly what happened here. And we don't know what happened here. And here is reaction from just other generic subway riders to get their thoughts on the death. Is he just acting up? He doesn't have a weapon. Two, three guys could have just, hey, listen, let's get him down. Well, that's the problem. If you do something about it, you get in trouble. And if you don't, you could get hurt. You know, this Marine that took actions into his own hands, yes, that's great. But the reality of it is that there's repercussions for actions. And you know what? Uh, You know, there are a lot of homeless people um, that aren't crazy. I want to also share a story that I saw that I thought was really beautiful. It's on California. This is an amazing story. There was a baby stroller that was rolling into a busy six-lane California highway. Imagine how scary that is. Uh, you can see the footage. And there's this unidentified woman just reacting in horror as her stroller starts rolling away. Uh, and she gets out of her car in a parking lot. This happened in California. She tries to race it down. She trips, slaps face first because she's panicking on the sidewalk, falls again, and the stroller in the high winds goes towards the highway. Can you imagine how scary? And just as you see the stroller appearing just feet from fast-moving cars on a highway, a man dressed all in black runs up from the right and stops it just in time, saves this baby. This is an amazing story. Turns out the guy is a guy named Ron Nesman, He was in the area for a job interview to further escape several years of homelessness uh, that only ended recently when he started living with his sister. And he said he just wanted to help. I knew I could get it, and I got it. So, I mean, there are a lot of people that are down on their luck, that are wonderful people and deserve a chance. And I think everybody deserves a chance, even if they have had you know, some violence and history in their background. Obviously, it helps all society if you can get them on the right path, not just for them, but obviously for society in general, uh, if they can be rehabilitated. But if somebody is a risk and they are assaulting people, as this guy was throwing things and has a history of assaults in his background, including arrest warrant out for assaulting a 67-year-old woman, um, There are other history things in his background, too, that show he has a propensity for violence. Should this person be out there to threaten people on the train and scare them, you know, uh, the bejeebies out of them, which he clearly did. So much so that it looks like this Marine had to intervene. So what are your thoughts? There are people tonight again saying that the Marine, AOC in particular, saying it's murder, that this guy essentially should be charged with murder. Uh, Do you believe that? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil real quick on line eight. Phil, your thoughts. Yeah, Rita, this is a very simple situation. If you step away from it, step out of the box and look down at it, you have on one extreme, you have Alvin Bragg, who's a a, any roll of the dice type uh, DA. He'll do anything that he happens to feel at the moment. And you've got this crowd of thousands and thousands of people who never even met this guy, Neely, who know nothing about the case, who are obviously paid to go out there and go wild. The thing is, these are like vultures. 
flying around looking for a dead body. It happens to be, unfortunately and sadly and needlessly, an African-American guy. The point is, all they see is the excuse of the victim was was African-American. The guy, the Marine, is a white guy. This is what they want. Uh, it's unfortunate. Now, if this would have happened in, in, in a different set of circumstances, these people wouldn't have, have stepped up and gone crazy. And perhaps if it had been in, in a different jurisdiction, the DA would, would have been more perhaps reasonable in future in deciding this thing. What scares me is the fact that you have all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of protesters screaming and yelling, worse than the guy was yelling probably on the train car, that poor guy Neely. And they're, they're, they're frightening the whole city, nearly frightened a, a carload of people. These protesters are very aggressive and potentially violent, and they're, they're, they're upsetting the whole city. Yeah, and, and by the way, Phil, it is also downright dangerous, too, because emotions are running high. And listen, I would hope that obviously nobody would want to see this guy killed. Um, you know, obviously, in a, in, in a perfect world, you would obviously hope uh, that he would be okay and would have learned his lesson if the guy took him down um, and that he just would have stopped and would have gotten help. Um, but um, your point, you're right, it inflames things so much with so many of these protesters. And then when you have somebody saying, you know, it's murder or uh, using the phrase lynching, like Ayanna Presley, who's the Massachusetts congresswoman saying, it, it just, it gets, it, it is so out of control. And that is completely, I think, unfair and inappropriate. Um, I would hope that the Marine, if he saw somebody who was a Caucasian doing the same thing, that he would take him down equally. Uh, in other words, that he would have reacted the same way if he felt the person was threatening others, because that's what it looks like. Um, we haven't heard his side of the story, but even from the onlookers, they say that he was trying to protect other people on the train. And you would hope if it was a white guy who was crazy. I talked about the case of a small white woman who I saw, and it scared the heck out of me. Because just when somebody's on drugs and they're mentally ill, uh, you just don't know what somebody's going to do. And and that's a sad, scary place to be if you're locked in on a subway train and nowhere to go. I mean, that's the other thing. You are boxed in. You can't go anywhere. It is really scary. But I think a lot of these protesters and I think particularly politicians, they are just, you know, they are just churning the emotions. And that is extremely dangerous. And I think downright reckless right now. I think Eric Adams approach to saying, hey, listen, let's look at the facts. Let's see it. You know, trying to be fair to everybody and saying, hey, let's just step back. That, I think, is the right and the responsible approach. Let's go to David in Pennsylvania. David, your thoughts. Hey, David in Pennsylvania, your thoughts on line two. Go ahead, David. David, go ahead. Sorry, we're having a little problems there. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, good. Uh, listen, telling me, uh, I got the impression that the judicial branch of government was for the purposes of adjudicating the law. Now, this character, AOC, this excuse for a legislator that is utilizing this divisive rhetoric in order to stoke the flames of insurrection with this virtue-signaling hypocrisy on steroids and trying this case in the court of public opinion 
I have uh, uh, something for you to do. I got a mission for you. All right, let's hear, Dave. Go ahead, real quick. All right, real quick. I'll wait on the phone. You can find me the soundbite of that woman when she denounced the cold-blooded murder of Ashley Babbitt. Thank you. Oh, I see where you're going, Dave. You're right. I mean, there there definitely is a different hypocrisy. Um, and also, by the way, this is the same AOC. Remember that she made the comments about uh, defunding the police? Um, you know, in fact, let me play this. Um, this is her response about, oh, you know, we don't really need, uh, you know, police on the subway. They're basically militarizing. This is what she said back in November. This is cut number six. Take a listen, Dave. Subway crime is up. But let's also note that subway crime is up after they committed so many more officers to the subway system. So that also tells us from a policy perspective, adding more cops to the subway isn't solving this problem. Mm -hmm. So there are other things that can solve this problem. Right. So uh, cops aren't the answer. I mean, my goodness, think about had a cop been on that train. uh, I don't know. Maybe Jordan Neely might have still done it. Mentally disturbed people. I talked about the case of the guy who walked over to the female cop the other day. She was standing around dressed in uniform and she got clocked on the head. So it doesn't always preclude it. But I bet if there was a cop there, he could have he or she could have intervened. Um, that could have helped the situation, too, as well, for sure. So there's so many things. I wish there were cops on that subway train. And I would hope that AOC would take that statement back because today I bet you if there was somebody on the train today that was a cop armed in uniform, things would have probably ended differently. But right now, passengers feel, sadly, they are on their own. There can't be enough police. The police feel vilified. They feel demoralized. There are so many layers to this. When we come back, I'm going to continue with your calls. But also, we have a clip from my interview that I just did with John Solomon. It is a blockbuster. And it shows the politics behind the Hunter Biden case. He has some big exclusive details. And I'm going to play that for you right when we come back after the break. It all leads to that Intel letter, remember, against basically that basically poo-pooed the whole Hunter Biden laptop story that he used in the debate. Well, John uncovered an enormous email that shows beyond orchestration it was intended to be used for the debate. Wait till you hear this one. The Rita Cosby Show. And you have to hear this interview that I just conducted with John Solomon. It's going to be part of our new podcast called Protecting America. And it has to do with this moment during the debate. Take a listen. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is has all the care Four, five former heads of the CIA. Both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And that's exactly be. what, this that's where exactly going? what this is told. where he's going. And now John Solomon has uncovered an email that shows it wasn't just that he kind of happened to pull out the letter, that it was orchestrated. And it is between two very well-known Intel officials And also, it was orchestrated for that debate moment. So it just shows 
what a bunch of hogwash it was when he, oh, there happened to be this letter. Uh, wait till you hear it was all politically driven to create that letter. This is stunning. Take a listen to the conversation I just had with John Solomon. Let's start with uh, this big bombshell news about the letter with the 51 Intel agents who signed it. Of course, it was pivotal to try to downplay the Hunter Biden laptop. And Joe Biden himself used it during the debate saying, look, uh, these 51 Intel guys say it's Russian disinformation. Yeah, that's right. And let's take people back to that moment. The Hunter Biden laptop uh, surfaces. It's being attached to Rudy Giuliani and uh, and a letter comes out with 51 of the most famous intelligence experts in the American community, including several former CIA bosses, including uh, Barack Obama's two former CIA bosses, Mike Morrell and John Brennan, uh, Mike Hayden, uh, really significant, and even um, Leon Panetta, who goes all the way back to the Bill Clinton years. They all signed this letter, and they made it look like it was an organic intelligence event. What does that mean? That members of the intelligence community on their own wanted to issue a warning to America that the Hunter Biden laptop was at at least a Russian information influence operation. And at worst, they said it could be a Russian disinformation operation. At the time they made that statement, they had no basis in proof. We now know that the FBI had authenticated the laptop as real and that the director of national intelligence had no active intelligence and any foreign powers behind the laptop. But these guys wrote that and they made it look like they were doing this as good citizens, as longtime career professionals of the House Intelligence, of the U.S. Intelligence Committee. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Jim Jordan revealed that Mike Morrell, the former CIA director, was the guy that organized it. And that he organized it after a phone call with Anthony Blinken, the guy that's now Secretary of State back then, a Biden campaign person. And that Morrell admitted uh, that he was uh, hoping that this would influence the election and sway things to Joe Biden. So the first inkling that maybe this operation was potentially political. Now, the big question since that explosive revelation is that what did the others who signed the note know? Well, tonight we know what John Brennan, Obama's former CIA director, very controversial figure, had played a big role in Russian collusion, many other things over the years, spying on Congress. That was another big issue in John Brennan's center. John Brennan was flatly told by Mike Morrell, and I'm going to read you the quote, that the reason this organized this letter was being organized was Morrell was, quote, trying to give the campaign, the Biden campaign, particularly during the debate on Thursday, the last presidential debate of 2020, a talking point to push back on Trump on this issue. Extraordinary. Uh, two CIA directors are concocting a letter. And by the way, John Brennan signs off on it. He writes back after Merrill tells him, hey, this is a political thing. John Brennan says, I'm going to read his exact quote. Okay, Michael, add my name to this, meaning I'll sign the letter. Good initiative. Thanks for asking me to sign on. So two CIA directors using the intelligence credentials they got by being the chiefs of the U.S. intelligence community were signing a letter misinforming Americans that this Hunter Biden laptop was a disinformation, knowing that their sole reason was they wanted to give Joe Biden a leg up in the debate and give a talking point for Joe Biden to falsely push back on the Hunter Biden laptop in Donald Trump. Our intelligence chiefs concocted this idea. Wow. Now, let me ask you, um, does it say specifically for the debate or is it just the timing no. that infers that? Can you read that again? Because oh, no. that is big. Yeah, I'm going to read you this line. Uh, the, the last line of the email that Morrell sends to Britain, trying to give the campaign, i.e. the Biden campaign, particularly during the debate on Thursday, 
a talking point to push back on Trump on this issue. He's acknowledging this is for the Biden campaign and that the point is to uh, be able to uh, at the debate Thursday's last debate, the final debate of the 2020 campaign to give Joe Biden a talking point to push back on Trump on the laptop issue. Really bold, clear, candid. I think it's actually quite remarkable that two former spy chiefs might put this in email to each other. I guess they didn't think it would ever become public. Isn't that interesting? And we're going to be talking more with John Solomon tomorrow on Cats and Cosby on WABC at 5 o'clock. This is a blockbuster because he is saying that not only did Joe Biden use it during the debate, but they basically said for political reasons and we need it for the debate. In other words, let's create this because they knew that it would probably come up surely as a question in the debate, which it did. Um, and by the way, if I was moderating that debate, I would have asked a ton of questions about Hunter Biden. Uh, it was like barely one was slipped in. And it was only because Trump kept asking about it appropriately because it was a big story that was being suppressed. Um, but it looks like it was all politically created to help Joe Biden in that debate. So, boy, does it look orchestrated and very different than it came across to the American public. That, to me, is downright deceptive. And we're going to talk about that, of course, tomorrow and also get your take on that. That is stunning. Um, meantime, we are also talking again about the death of Jordan Neely. This is the guy on the subway who was unruly, throwing things, threatening people. And there is a chance now that the Marine who took him down could be charged. AOC saying it's murder, which, boy, is over the top. Eric Adams saying Let's look at everything on its merit. Let's be calm. Let's look at all the details and then decide. One of you suggested going before a grand jury. That's an interesting point, too. Have a grand jury hear all the cases. Have the guy come in. Uh, have other passengers come in who are on the train. Um, that would be interesting, and that would be powerful, I think, as opposed to these people who are saying, murder, you know, it's a lynching. I mean, some of this rhetoric is so Just, you know, I think it's scary at a place where people are so emotional in New York and crime is so high. And to have that now and the protests, that is a really, I think, just tenuous situation. That's like putting, you know, gasoline on a fire. Let's go to Mike. Line 8. Mike, your thoughts. Hi, uh, Rita. Uh, I'm disabled and I listen to you every night. I think your shows are great. Thank you. My prayers go out to Stan. My credentials are, yes. I worked for the Transit Authority for 30 years, 20 years as a supervisor, a train service supervisor or motor instructor. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Great. Now, so we just have a little bit, so, so please tell me. Way. Yeah. My opinion, people calling are nice. They're all nice, but both sides are wrong. Yep, you tell me real quick. Police, what, do you, what do you think? What would... you, you, let the po- you let the police do their job. You don't put, you don't put hands on anybody. The train goes into the station. Well, in the old trains, when the train goes into the station, you pull the emergency cord. The, the crew has to find out which emergency cord is pulled in what car. That's it. You know what? Mike, call us back tomorrow night. I want to talk more with you about this. Um, but you're right. The emergency break, that's a good thing. That would have been a good one. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.